Good morning, good afternoon, and good evening. Welcome to the old dad jazz podcast. I'm your host, Matyash, and today on this podcast, I have with me Daniel. And we're gonna talk politics, we're gonna talk decolonization, ideological movies, cynical movies. Why movies are infested with. Ideology like critical race theory and why they don't make movies like it's a wonderful life anymore Why the new star move star wars movies suck and They really do why the why she thinks the second wonder woman is really trash COVID compliance COVID authoritarianism um, The new Supreme Court pick we're gonna talk a little bit about uh, the comedians so-called Stephen Colbert, Jimmy Fallon, and co. We're gonna talk about how Kamala Harris is very unlikable, how Joe Biden has scrambled eggs for brain, how hatred, aka Marxism, corrupts people's character. We're gonna talk about the genius of the great Thomas Sowell. We're gonna talk about how Unicorn ideology of modern politics infects everything nowadays and it's very left-wing very critical race theory and More so sit back relax and enjoy the podcast Welcome to the new episode of All The Jazz, I'm your host, Matyash, and I have with me Danielle again for the fourth time. Welcome back to the podcast. It's been a while. Yeah, it's been a while. Thanks so much for having me again. You're very welcome. And uh, I don't often talk about politics on here because uh, politics is kind of like very tough and it's kind of depressing sometimes and what's happening in the world. And uh, but yeah, let, let's talk about first other things. Like, How are you? How, how's life going? Life's going good. Um, I actually have myself taking kind of a break from politics. Uh, I just kind of like keep up with what's going on, but I haven't been really active or anything like that for about a year. Not going to lie, it's been pretty peaceful. Yeah, yeah. I think uh, like like Winston Churchill said, you know, um, in, in war you can die only once but in politics many times it's like i think politics that's the way it is politics is like constant war and like all you know constant bickering and backstabbing and like you know bearing false witness you know saying oh he did this so he, but he meant something else or he said something completely else so it's like such common practice in politics yeah, uh, politics is not a very kind game, and it never ends. It's like playing Monopoly forever, and uh, that's just not something I uh, enjoy that much. <laughs> right, right. So are you then moving away from the idea of of potentially running? Because like I was talking about you uh, to a friend of mine, with a friend of mine, and he said, we're talking, and, and we were like, oh, maybe if she started like in the state senate first or something like that, and then, or you know, state house. Is there such a thing as state house as well? Yeah. Um. So basically, each state has a state senate and a state house. Right. Right. So, but that's that's how a lot of politicians start. Is like they go locally first, or they go even maybe like in their town or city, and then just move their way up. 
Yeah, um, I think if I actually decide to go into it, I probably would stay local and stay in my state. Um, just with how the federal government works and how everything's been going lately, it's just not not something that I would actually want to get involved with, at least not at this moment. I guess even like maybe later down the line, they like absolutely need someone to like run, then I probably could do that. Right. It's kind of like uh, uh, Dwight Eisenhower, who um, who didn't want to run, but everybody's like, we like Ike, we like Ike, and then they convinced him to run. I think that's how it happened. <laughs> Yeah, pretty much. Um, it probably would be one of those just like, well, there's absolutely nobody else to do it. So I guess I have to help out. Right, right, right. Yeah, it's it's really a tough game. And also it helps if you're um, if you have some money, because inadvertently, like I think when Sarah Palin was in uh, well, she was the governor, right, of Alaska and, and she got sued a lot. And then I think that's one of the reasons she stepped down. Yeah, um, that is like one of the big things. I don't, I'm not, I think that's like dirty, but that's how they play politics now is just you sue them and you try to get rid of all of their money so they can't actually do anything about it. Right. Well, you know, um, one of the mentors of uh, Donald Trump, Roy, Roy Cohn, well, not a mentors, but he was a, well, he was a lawyer and uh, <laughs> he liked to, he liked to sue people and, and sue them again, sue them again. Uh, but I think, um, I don't know, that, that's how, uh, there's a book, uh, there's a book called uh, The Lawsuit Lottery uh, about American system. And it's about, like, you know, people, people suing and hoping they win, you know. <laughs> so. Yeah, it's a big problem. Like, our, our whole country is very litigious. Like, it could be anything and someone will sue it. Say they're like, the FedEx guy is dropping a package off at your house but your front porch wasn't salted or shoveled, say they fail, they sue you. And it's just like, dude, I mean, that's just like a hazard of the job. Uh, like, I don't know. They just do a bunch of crazy stuff. You can sue for anything here in America. Right. Well, what do you think about like if somebody sues on unfair grounds? Because I, I don't think, because like if the only way for them to pay is to counter sue, like if they lose and then sue back. But I think there should be, maybe something in place if, where, or if somebody like uh, complains, somebody, a woman complains that a man sexually harassed him where he didn't. And then at the last minute, she like changes her mind. Well, the process has been like six months and the guy's been for a lot of lawyer fees and then she gets scot-free. And I don't think that, I don't think that's entirely fair either, is it? No, um, it's definitely not. But I will say lately, a lot of people have been suing back. So when something like that happens and it was false, a lot of people are actually going after the people who did it to them now. So, I mean, right. that that actually is good. I think they normally use like in that specific case, like a defamation or harassment or something like that. And they're usually able to sue the person who did it to them. So that's good. Right. Like uh, that reminds me of that guy that had, uh, you remember a couple of years ago, two or three years ago, there was that kid that was in Washington, D.C., and he had the mega hat on, and it was a Native American mm -hmm. banging the drum, and the media portrayed it as, he, as if he was smirking and smiling on him, like, uh, but then that was not even true, and uh, it's just crazy how, and then he sued the media. 
or yeah, defamation. Uh, Nick Sandman and uh, yeah. from the Covington Catholic kids. Um, and I don't think he's allowed to say exactly how much money he got, but I'm assuming it was quite a bit of money. So he should be good for the rest of his life and probably his children for the rest of their lives. So you think it was uh, he got more than like, say, $30 million? Oh, yeah, I think he definitely got more than 30 million because I think he sued more than one news company. So he had probably a really good settlement. Right. And then there was also a Kyle Rittenhouse that uh, that is suing a couple like CNN and a couple other outlets for defamation. Whoopi Goldberg, he's suing her as well. <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I, I mean, Whoopi has never had a good track record. She's like one of those people that uh, is confident, but never wrong. Even though she's wrong, she's like always confident that she's right. Yeah, they're like the best people to have as friends in this world. You know, they're always right. They're never wrong. You know, you always have to do exactly what they say, but it's okay because at least she'll get her comeuppance this time, hopefully. I had a couple of friends like that and it didn't end well because uh, no, it never does. <laughs> I, yeah, it's like um, it's not like narcissism like uh, Saddam Hussein, but uh, there's quite a lot of narcissism with that. Um, oh, since, since I uh, since you're not familiar with with, um, with uh, what we call uh, David Hawkins work, you know, because like. He apparently he postulates that well not apparently but he postulates in his work that uh, there's like eighty percent of the world is basically below the level of integrity which is a lot come to think of it you know so yeah, it's like no, uh, I definitely think that's one hundred percent true actually right but America actually I think it's forty percent is above and sixties below or something like that probably. <laughs> Well, you got to think of like how our country came to be like, I mean, it's a lot of rebels and people who wouldn't follow rules and people who didn't care. And we've always been like that. So, I mean, that definitely makes a lot of sense. Right, right. Um, what do you think of uh, the the patriarchy and all that? I think we talked a little bit about it before, but um, since being in university and stuff, I like, uh, for example, I was um, when did this this project for for. Uh, graded project for theater and uh i was i was not coming to class for a while and then i come and my group has obviously gone in in the in the far left direction and the, the whole thing is based on the patriarchy and all that but i'm thinking i i don't like it because like even if you look at the university almost in uk because i'm in uk almost 60 percent of uh people that attend university are women in UK. I think America is similar. Yeah, um, it's about exactly the same here. I think when I was in college, there was probably like, I think one and a half women for every guy that was there. Um, really? And I think it's like exceeded that now. So, yeah. Like, I mean, men are not doing that well. And so they're like, and I don't know if you know what Jordan Peterson says about it, but like it's he basically he says that it's only a tiny fraction of like men that control. And but nowadays, like you have in Scotland, the prime minister is is a woman. And in a lot of countries, like you have women leaders and obviously, unfortunately, you have 
and you ask people like AOC that are really, really unhinged and uh, on the far left. Um, so I, I don't see much patriarchy nowadays in a classical sense, like all men, because they're not, they're not. No, um, there's not much patriarchy now, um, at least not in our cultures, not in Western cultures, not at all. Um, and honestly, even in the Eastern cultures, it's starting to like wane there as well. Um, I think our culture has become so feminized that <laughs> it's cause it's starting to cause like detrimental problems to society. And I, I guess I don't even want to say this. I'm probably going to get hate mail from this, but um, women are more emotional. And so what we're starting to see in all of our societies is everything's becoming more emotional. Everything's becoming more touchy feely because we've kind of like pushed that patriarchy aside and it's all about the woman and the feelings and you know it's just so many women traits that are ruling everything in our societies right now um and i'm just saying god bless the patriarchy i miss it i wish it would come back things were so much easier across the board for everyone society was a lot healthier um now i don't know what's gonna happen well, hold on. I don't. I don't know if patriarchy ever existed de facto, like, because like, you obviously had only a few men that were controlling things. So, but then again, like, okay, I guess in the household, I guess it used to be that men were more, um, more control as well. But, but then again, you had stories where men would seemingly be in control, but then women would be like the that. It's like it's like in that movie, uh, my big fat Greek wedding, where they manipulated the guy to do what they wanted and they, they use a fabulous analogy they're like oh the the man is like the the head of the house but woman is the next so the woman turns <laughs> well i mean that is kind of true because if you ever like read the stories and different accounts of history um if there was like a king and they wanted him to do a certain things they would always go to his wife and they would always try and get her to kind of have his ear and kind of get him to lean their way as opposed to whatever way he's thinking. So, I mean, it's there. That's why I kind of hate how everything's going now, because women didn't understand how much power they actually held before all of this stuff. Now we have to like go out and work full time jobs and then you still have to come home and do stuff. And it's like, well, back in the day, all you had to do was just take care of your house. And this person went out and worked. I, I just don't see how what we're doing now is better. And I think a lot of them didn't understand how much power they held before. Right, right. Um, yeah, a lot of women nowadays think that that is prison. Being at home is prison. You know, you want you want a woman to be shackled and be at home like in the 50s, you know, be be a perfect housewife, just be in the kitchen and all that. Like, uh, and then they would ask you, you know, why, why are you fighting for oppression? <laughs> it's so crazy because I'm like, what do you mean oppression? Like, that sounds amazing. I get to take care of my house. I get to take care of my kids and I don't have to go out and deal with any of these crazy people that are out here right now. Just sounds good to me. I don't know. Right, right. But you see, if if everybody in politics was like AOC, like uh, like you were afraid, uh, I think when we talked last year, two years ago, then man, America is going to be, I don't know. Like, I feel like in the past two years, the uh, 
the Western culture has took a nosedive and it keeps like, I think it's still going down. Like, uh, uh, and then I'm always suspicious when like everybody's united with something. Like, obviously, the Ukraine thing is kind of more. Uh, they're trying to unite like uh, there's a billboard outside where i live where it's like united we stand with ukraine you know and uh i'm i'm, I'm like that happened really quick like I, i'm i'm not sure if it's all black and white but i i'm i don't claim i understand it but there's this push to be like uh everybody's it's got to be like for anti-racism or everybody's got to be this and that and then dissenting voices are like oh you're you're a heretic, you're a this and that, you know? Um, so to me, it's all a function of control. So here in America, I don't know exactly how it was there, but like they bounce from one thing to another just to like force people to comply with what they want. Um, so we literally started coming out of COVID and immediately it was Russia, 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 Russia and then all of a sudden Russia finally does something and then they're like oh my god we need to support Ukraine we hate Russia but it's all it's social control and the only reasons people think like they do is because they're being told to think this way through social media through the things that they watch on television it's just I honestly think they're probably just practicing to see how well they can control a population and also see how far they could push a population into something because they probably have something really crazy planned for all of us here soon. Are you talking about the Great Reset? Yes. Charles Schwab. <laughs> yeah, you guy, will huh? own nothing and uh, you will be happy. Eat bugs, eat bugs every day. <laughs> Live in the pod, yes. <laughs> I mean, the thing is, all right. Well, if you're if you're like a monk and you choose that, you you'd be happy, yes. But then you can't you can't impose that on people. Like, and that's the thing. Like, if you're a monk and eat like green peas every day, and like, and you're happy, all right. Like that, good good for you. But uh, it's like it's like dystopian what they want to impose on everybody. Uh, and what's the for what for to enrich themselves or is it because like i've met some people that care more about mother earth than about people and they're like oh you know people are the the disease of the planet and you must get you know we must reduce the the carbon footprint footprint and all this yeah um I am not so sure. I think a lot of the regular people think that a lot of this is just about climate and saving the earth. But I think the people on top know it's not about that. I think um, it's probably more so removing people from the areas that they would like to utilize whenever they want to. And I know that sounds rough, but I just think mm. it's more so like there's a certain thing that they want to do. And all of us little peons down here are hindering them from doing the things that they want to do and what they will like, and then ruling over everyone. And so their goal is to get all of us to comply with whatever they want. Right. So they can do whatever they want. So it's not like Illuminati. It's kind of just like, kind of like in open, like, uh, uh, like, um, George Soros, the, uh, who uh, must be like nine years old by by now, but he's uh, always supported far left causes, and he 
he's like uh, uh i don't know he the way he makes money he he like inconveniences like millions of people and he doesn't even flinch like oh you know they they it's their fault they the currency was weak so i exploited that like not even have one remorse about it yeah i don't i don't think they really care it's just and that's the thing people think it's like this cabal of people it's not really that people who've held power for a long time have always wanted more power they've always wanted more control and that's really what it is you got a lot of these billionaire trillionaire people who just want to control everything so what they're doing is controlling everything um michael bloomberg he is one of our rich guys here in america he ran for president and lost. Um, he wanted to tax people, poor people, so that they didn't have the money to make the decisions that they wanted. He decided he was going to change laws even on sodas so that they couldn't go to the store and just buy the sodas that they wanted. And so people like him, he thinks that the regular people are just kind of dumb, little like peons, little sheep, and they, him, you know, the elites, the people with the power and the money uh, can control them. And I really think it's just a lot of them with that same mental complex. And that's what's going on right now. Yeah, it's, uh, it kind of reminds me of Eric Hoffer talking about uh, the difference between uh, intellectual and a businessman or, or a military guy. It's like uh, a businessman or, or a general is, uh, is satisfied if you obey, but... Uh, not, but not the intellectual. The intellectual wants you to get on your on your knees and praise the one that makes you love what you hate and hate what you love. And there's a kind of soul raping that goes on. And this, I I think like with 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 Obama, it was quite quite a lot of that. With uh, I remember the uh, the Obamacare, like and the fame the the infamous Nancy Pelosi uh we'll pass this bill so you can see what's in it <laughs> yeah yeah it's like contempt for the masses it's like uh, you, we know what's good for you you don't and you'll take this and you will like it yeah um it's really sad that it's like that but and i think this goes across the board it's not a republican thing it's not a democrat thing it's not a conservative versus liberal libertarian it's like it has no side it's literally just people who are elite and they have power that's just their mindset it's like all of the people under them they don't have like a care or concern for you um and you just see it over and over again um you see it from america all the way to Europe, you see it everywhere. And that's just how they treat people, like they're expendable. They can just be used to get whatever they want. Uh, that sounds uh, kind of very cynical. Do you think there is no good leaders out there anymore? Uh, I think there's some. I don't think that they're the people leading the countries now. Yeah, it's very unfortunate. Like Biden... Uh, well, I watched the State of the Union and it was very, I don't know, like he's running the country in the ground and he's like, uh, I, you know, dev, like I thought when Obama was president, I thought he's worse than Jimmy Carter. But now, now you have, you have this guy that can't even think straight, like uh, talking about like uh, with Trump, they, they convinced him to, to do the mental test. Well, now 
the media is covering for Biden and he won't take the, the same test. Yeah, I mean, he's never going to. He's not going to touch it because we all know the truth. Biden's brain is scrambled eggs and that's just what it is. <laughs> I mean, he can still read, which is good for us because he can read a teleprompter. But outside of that, there's really not much that that guy adds to anything. And honestly, I really hope he is not actually running the country. Um I almost hope that it's someone else and that they're not letting him actually make decisions. I mean, I think I feel like a lot of times he just like uh, he doesn't even read the, the executive orders and stuff. I don't think uh, <laughs> a lot of them. No, um, I think it was like right after he got in office, they had like a stack of stuff for him to sign. He opens up the first one and he's like, I don't know what I'm signing here. What am I signing? And he looks over and I'm like, dude really like you said that on camera everybody just saw you say that and uh just didn't really mean anything to him he just doesn't know uh, and everybody's like so brainwashed like when here uh in, in uk like all the well maybe it's generational but all the most of the young students are so like into that woke stuff totally you know critical critical race theory and stuff like that, which I've, is very controversial right now in U.S. Uh, school boards and everything. Yeah. yeah, I think, okay, so when I was in college, and this was back in 2012, um, I went to school with some students who were from Europe. Um, I went to school with a girl from Austria, a guy from France, a guy from Germany, a guy from Albania, and so I would talk to them about this stuff, um, not the guy from Albania, but the other people, this critical stuff, it was kind of like they already knew about it. And so for me, I'm like, this is a shock. Like, what is all of this crazy crap? And they're like, oh, yeah. But I think over in Europe, it probably took a hold um, before we kind of got it here in America. So now we're just grappling with it. Whereas over in Europe, it's like, oh, well, this stuff is already like they've been through it already and they kind of, okay, I mean, it is what it is. This is the way of the world now. But here it's like people are now finding out because of COVID and they're just like, what the heck is going on? Right, in what, in what way did they agree with uh, critical race theory? Um, so the guy from France, um, he talked a lot about like colonialism. And so for me, in America, this is 2012. I'm like, what are you talking about? We weren't like colonizing people and doing all of that. This is, you know, it's just something that you're making up. Like, what is this? Um, but for him, he already like knew all of that stuff. And then um, the one guy from Germany, um, he was very critical of like America's military and like all the things that we would do with our military, which I get, but like for him, it was like such an issue in like, just kind of like deconstructing it and talking about white people and how they oppress and different things like that. And I'm like, this is crazy. Like, what are you guys talking about? <laughs> Uh, yeah, it's, and it's gotten worse from uh, in 10 years has gotten a lot worse. Like and we have in our university, they are um, in the process of decolonizing, de de I, I don't know if I can say it right now, colonializing, decolonizing the curriculum. 
Yeah. So basically, there's they they kind of capitulating, they're folding to the far left, and they're saying, "Well, there's a lot of colonial stuff, and we're gonna declutter all that from from it." Uh, and I'm thinking, this is this is insanity, and this is what this is what all the prestigious universities are doing. Like, seem all across the Western world, they're capitulating to this insanity. Like, you're gonna like you know. If you go like to the extreme, you would you would then you could argue that Shakespeare is a is a bad guy because he was white and all that. Like like all this, I just I just don't get it. Like why <laughs> you getting you getting rid of the best stuff that the Western world has to offer for what for uh, to judge people based on their tribals like uh, skin color or whatever, and so we're just gonna have. Asian, Asian, black, uh, Native American, and just a little bit about whites because whites we 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 had them in the past. <laughs> no, it, it's so ridiculous. I actually was just reading an article the other day about um, I think it's one of the big museums over in the UK since they are decolonializing everything, they are now removing like the oldest steam engine or something like that on a train because I guess one of the guy's investors like a long time before had maybe like had some ties to the slave trade, but they weren't like completely sure. But just because there was the thought that there was, they decided (laughs) they were moving the train. And I'm just like, okay, first off the steam engine is like one of the most amazing things that ever happened to any society across the world. And you guys are just going to throw that out because of a inkling of maybe there was something there. It just doesn't make any sense. Yeah. It's like, uh, it's like a new religion. So the, the, any ties to, to slave trade is, is the new original sin. And, uh, you, it's like the inquisition, the, the, the new far left is the Inquisition, and if you have a wrong think or anything like that, they will try to destroy your life, cancel you. Like, but that's that's not like they they even try that a little bit with um with Kevin Hart because he said something like something some anti gay stuff apparently on Twitter like I don't know ten years ago, and they they dug it up obviously when he was gonna host the oscars a few years back and then they kept badgering him for a few months until he resigned and then still after he apologized they kept badgering him and that's what happens now they publicly they um what do you call uh there's a word for it that a struggle sessions is public now (laughs) no people don't know what that is that is like so true um if you watch some videos online of like the Chinese Cultural Revolution, they actually have pictures of this. They have like people there and you have these people getting up and yelling in their faces and shaming them like to their face, like yelling, like almost violently um, because they don't agree with them or they think that they might not agree with the Communist Party. I mean, it's crazy this stuff that you see. And I mean, now we're just seeing it. They're just doing it on Twitter now yeah 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 but it's so pervasive because most young people are online most of the time so they all get instantly brainwashed like it's i think it's happening younger and younger i think by the age of by the age of eight or nine 
uh, kids are already like uh, a lot of them are, are far left, you know, is already embedded in the brain. <laughs> yeah, it's because of these teachers. So one of the things that happened during COVID is a lot of the parents got to see exactly what the teachers were teaching their kids because they were online doing Zoom classes like I'm talking to you right now. So the parents are listening to what their kids are going through like, whoa, what did they just say? And so now you are understanding why the kids have gotten to the point that they are because you you hear this stuff and you're like, why is my kid coming home talking about like they're not sure that they're a boy or they're not sure if they're a girl or they're racist because they're white and they deserve to die or, you know, that their parents are wrong and they don't understand because they're colonialist and white. I mean, like, so now we all know exactly what's been happening in the schools, clearly because this is the outcome. This is what we're seeing from these kids. And then you know what the teachers are doing. Um, TikTok, that's another one. You have like all of these teachers, <laughs> they'll come out and they're like a transgender boy girl who actually identifies as femme, but masculine and also I'm a zebra and all of this stuff. But they're the ones teaching your kids. And they are like telling, well, I actually don't teach my kids history. I teach them about being anti-racist and all this stuff. And I'm like, no, no, this is why America's scores across the board go down and they continue to go down because instead of teaching them math, you're worried about anti-racism. And I'm like, this is going to be the downfall of our culture. Probably in the next 20 years, it will we'll probably be like just really struggling in the next 20 years. I think it might be it comes sooner than that. I think because uh, my impression is that things are speeding up. Like when I look at back at uh, like movies is a good indicator. Like a lot of movies nowadays are more more cynical, even than movies that came out like mid 2000s, like 2005. Uh, there's a I remember there's a movie that came out 2005 about this. I think it was Reese Witherspoon. She was she went to Harvard and all that like. Uh, blonde how was it called blondie legally blonde legally blonde right but that that movie now when i think of it has it's like almost like comparing to now it almost has like an 80s vibe as far as like it's it's a upbeat movie and this and that comparing to a lot of like negative negativity and like uh, the netflix stuff and the, or the amazon stuff that they keep pumping out is so different like it's so changed so much in the it's not even 20 years and it's changed so much yeah um so i'm actually a movie connoisseur i love film <laughs> all right um so <laughs> i've noticed that and i think it's because people around our age are actually starting to take over a lot of that stuff um so what they're doing is writing in the stuff that they believe and so it's more about a message that you want to get through as opposed to still telling a good story or, right. you know, adding some type of value. Um, I was actually just watching this YouTube video. I can't even remember whose it was, but he was like, the reason why our movies suck today is because of the lessons in the movie are crap. Because before you get like Superman who was truth, justice in the American way. Well, now he's like truth, justice and a better globe for tomorrow or something weird like that <laughs> but it's like it's dumb and then he's like he's gay 
uh, he's got like all these piercings and he's like fighting patriarchy or something. And I'm like, <laughs> no, that's why it sucks. Nobody cares about that. Ew. <laughs> you know, this reminds me, it might've been, uh, it might've been uh, the critical drinker. Yeah, I think it was him. I love watching that guy. I think he's he's from Scotland too, if I'm not mistaken, which is where oh, yeah. I am currently. He definitely is from Scotland. Um, and since I'm trying something new, I might I might as well. Okay, let me see if I can actually. I don't I don't think this is copyright infringement if I play it. Then we talk a little bit along with it. I think it should be fine, right? Yeah. All right. Let's try this. So I didn't expect we we're going to go in this direction, but I, I like movies as well. And I'm dismayed at the negativity that a lot of movies. So this is, uh, I guess, the critical drinker. And here we go a little bit. About movies is that not only are they a fun escape from all the bullshit of everyday life, but they can also teach us important <laughs> lessons about how to live those lives, like the value of friendship, camaraderie, yeah. and loyalty, the dangers of pride and arrogance, the importance of compassion and charity. By the way, this is this is like to me, this is one of the best movies of all time. You got you gotta give it up to It's a Wonderful Life. That's that's a great movie. So it actually is probably one of the best movies. Um, I used to hate it when I was a kid because it was always on TV during Christmas time. And my grandma would always watch it. My mom would always watch it like 20 times. And so I finally watched it last year around Christmas time by myself. And it actually made me cry. I watched it all the way through. Love this movie. You know, um, there's a story with Frank Capra that he made uh, that he made so many movies because um, he was pretty young when he started and he had an argument. Um, he, he was thinking of uh, quitting and uh, and somebody came into his office and he, he, he basically said that he had a gift. Uh, I don't really recall exactly, but I'm paraphrasing that he that he had a, that Frank had a gift and you're, you're throwing away. You're not using it wisely. and um, and Frank, I mean, Frank Capra, to his credit, he, he kind of thought about this man and, 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 and this man getting so upset about this. And so he, he then started uh, this whole, uh, what he calls integrity movies, I think. And this is what started the whole, I think um, Lost Horizons might've been one of the first, I don't know if you saw that movie. It's like, it's like a really old, yeah well 1937 so and then mr smith goes to washington oh my gosh love that movie i haven't seen it in a long, a long time but i do want to and obviously has has mr uh, jimmy stewart jimmy stewart which is uh, one of the great american actors of all time and i think what makes him special is that especially for that generation the people were like i think you can tell that that he wasn't like because uh, his acting was different like he wasn't he because he was that was his his virtue was almost like the character so it yeah. wasn't like he wasn't even putting it on it's it's kind of like it was him in a way yeah just like just like having spacey playing a bad guy because actually he is a bad guy he's bad <laughs> <laughs> he's a terrible person right <laughs> all right let's play a little bit more of this or the meaning of determination and resilience. Move
Rocky. <laughs> have the <laughs> Fire and move us. And like I say, the lessons they teach us have influenced whole generations of people to do more than they ever thought possible. I love this. Okay, so so this is a great setup that he puts. But let me see what he critiques here. Let me see if I can. Uh, oh, okay. There's a pink lady. Her. I love this. Here we go. Yeah, this is a Star Wars movie. <laughs> I mean, Star Wars. They, they. Uh, I think they messed it up because the the character was too perfect. Yeah, and it was just that the writing was terrible. There was no depth to the characters. The one guy, uh, John Boyega, I think that's his name, the black guy. Like he literally spent the whole last movie just like turning to the screen, the screen, and yelling Ray like the entire movie. And I'm like. You had so much that you could have built with these characters. And this is what you gave them. Like it was it was trash. And also the 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 old guy that had the, the beard now, uh played by Mark Hamill. Obi Obi-Wan Kenobi, was it? Um he... Luke Skywalker. Oh, sorry. Luke Skywalker. He he throws away the sword apparently. And uh, so this is like flushing the toilet down the toilet uh, what what the old series was because he was because uh, i remember i haven't watched all the new ones but the the old ones were uh, i mean it was an, an inspiring care character yeah. played by mark and uh, but now it was just like a shell of himself yeah um it was just really sad because it was like they built him up and like how much he added to star wars and what he meant and then in these last three it was just like he was like this sniveling trying to hide away guy who was you I'm not bothered by any of this and right it was just so it was not him it was not the person from the other movies this was another character that they just made yeah I think that the, they made a tremendous mistake with that I, I but I don't know in the current Hollywood I don't know who could have done uh, a good job I think I, I can think of, uh, of directors that would have done worse, like uh, like Tarantino. He'd probably do it way worse. <laughs> he'd probably make it even more vengeful or something like that. Yeah. I mean, it might have still been a good story, though, because I will say some of Tarantino's movies are actually pretty fun. Like, I mean, right. it would have been a lot more blood, a lot more cursing. You know, it would have been a little wild, but it probably would have it would have still been like a better film than what it was made to be what about what about yeah it would have been definitely been a lot <laughs> spicy spicy dialogue to say the least but uh, the thing with Tarantino is that all his movies tend to be quite negative and I can't think of any well I think Spielberg has moments where he does a movie that's quite uh quite inspiring and he kind of alternates and then he had, does a Schindler list and then he does uh, the post, which I haven't seen, but I, I know he has like a very kind of far left bent to it, if I'm not mistaken. So I've been resistant to watching it. So that one I actually haven't seen. Um, okay. Probably most of the newer ones I haven't seen. But if you're talking about movies from like, I would say early 2000s back, I've seen most of those. Right. So, okay, let's see a little bit of what he says about this. 
life, and so there's nothing in particular to learn from her. Wow, what an inspiring example for all of us. And that's not even counting all the other horrendous life lessons to be learned from the new Star Wars movies, such as you should always blindly trust authority figures and do exactly as they command, even if their orders make no sense and run contrary to everything you know to be right. <laughs> Battles and wars are won by protecting people you care about at all costs, even if that means preventing them from sacrificing themselves to save a much larger group of people that you care about. Running amok and randomly destroying property for a few minutes is the perfect way to enact meaningful social and political change on a planetary scale. Your family legacy and heritage is less important than who you are as an individual. Wow. You have no place in this story. You come from nothing. You're nothing. Oh wait, apparently your heritage does matter. You are a Palpatine. Oh wait, now you can just choose your own heritage or something. Ray Skywalker. Ray Skywalker. I'm so fucking confused. <laughs> now allow me to direct your attention to. It's kind of like the the modern culture, very kind of schizophrenic. You know, I yeah. can I can just become I can just I can just assert that I am female, or I can just you know. And then you have the you had the controversy recently where uh, there was a swimming champion, yeah. and obviously a lot stronger, a lot taller, and uh, kind of looked like a male too, and he was a female champion. I'm like. And they, they're so he, afraid to speak out. He is a man. He, he is a man. He, he probably yes, has all uh, the functioning he's parts like too. Six, six one has not gotten his stuff cut off. Um, he actually <laughs> swimmed at that same school just on the men's team all three years up until now. Um, so it is definitely a man. His name is Liam Thomas. It used to be William Thomas. Um, and so he just like smashed all records. Uh, at the National College Athletics Association, I guess they're a swim meet or whatever. And right. um, so he just won everything. And then he had like another day of like matches and stuff. So he started losing. And I think it was because of how much ridicule he was getting. So he's like, well, I can't be beating these women like that because everybody's like treating me bad. So clearly he threw like four or five matches today. Um, and he didn't win in first so it just it's so ridiculous but you know he says he's a man so now he's a, or I'm sorry he says he's a woman so now he's a woman what what a what a shit show really <laughs> yeah yeah it is I mean it's like a, it's like a parody from 10 years ago that has become a reality or even five years ago you wouldn't imagine this happening like uh, what was five years? So 2017 seems like, I don't know, but it seems like it was such a different world back then. Yeah, like you had like a little bit of this stuff under the surface, but I don't think anybody ever thought that it would be at the point that we're at now. Because I know it was not long after Trump was in office. I want to say it was like Seattle or one of the cities on the left coast of America they were talking about um, opening up the bathroom. So whatever you identify as, you can go to that bathroom. Right. And so everybody was like, absolutely not. And then like, just from what is it? It's only been like, what, five years from then till now. It's like, well, how dare you not let a person who believes they're a woman <laughs> with a thing come into the women's bathroom? you're racist, you're bigot, you're a homophobic, sexist, like, wow. I don't know, it's just crazy. Uh, yeah, I, 
I, I think it's going to get worse before it gets better. That's my, that's my fear about this because uh, it, that's the, that I, that's the kind of the tilt of society is still going like, like this. It's like going downhill still, especially in the West. Yeah. Um, I'm not too hopeful about what's going to happen next. Right, right, right. Um, and, and to conclude about this character here, it's like they, they're trying to put so much ideology into it. It kind of looks also bland because all their, the priority is now, and this is, I, I had one time I interviewed uh, uh, an architect like this as well. We were doing, and uh, we're doing a screen share as well. And uh, it was all about these architects that were like, okay, this is my idea. This is my idea. I like this idea, but nothing about the audience. What the hell does the audience care about the patriarchy and all that if the story shit? Like this character is mm -hmm. obviously very bland and not. Uh, I mean, if it was inspirational and all that, then it would be pro female. But this is like she's like she's like born with it. She's like and doesn't have to work for it. So where, where's the inspiring part? Because like most people, they're not born being doctors. They're not born a lawyer you're made a lawyer you know yeah well if you think about it that's kind of how they see the world some people are born with it and so they just have it it's kind of like how they say white people they just have this innate privilege that just comes with being white so that's the kind of stuff that they write into the stories because that's how they see the world that's what they believe even though most whites even in the u.s could be poor or, or middle class even they have they have power. Well, he had power to go to Walmart and buy exactly. shoes. Exactly. <laughs> but I really, uh, this guy is uh, really cool. And uh, I think he, he makes excellent points. Uh. The Wonder Woman 1984, the sequel to the original Wonder Woman, which basically destroyed the Very character and the franchise that she was part of. Now, the plot for that movie is absolute nonsense, but for the sake of this video, the basic gist is that a magical object gets discovered which grants the wishes of anyone who touches it. Unfortunately, it usually takes something back in return. Wonder Woman chooses to be reunited with Steve Trevor, the man she fell in love with before he sacrificed himself like 70 years <laughs> earlier. And wouldn't you know it, within a matter of hours, Steve shows up alive and well. Only it isn't actually Steve, it's just his consciousness inhabiting the body of some random guy and wearing him like a fucking skin suit. And Wonder Woman is totally fine with this apparently. She even has sex with him when he's clearly not capable of consenting to it. Now, <laughs> what? <laughs> okay, so that movie I actually saw, it was actually, it was depressing. Like, it was sad because after watching the first Wonder Woman, which was actually so good, um, for them to bring this story to the table was actually like this character is not even like she's not the same strong woman very confident uh, that she was right. in that first one and I think in them trying to make her like this feminist icon they took away that like strongness or like that what it was to be Wonder Woman from her right. um I don't know. It was just really disappointing. The storyline was also trash. So, <laughs> so yeah. So you would recommend the first one, but not the second one. Yeah, I would recommend the first one. The only thing that was said in the first one was the fight scene at the end, which I understand because women aren't into like those fight scenes, you know. So it was kind of dark, so you couldn't see everything, and it moved really fast. But other than that, that 
whole movie of the first one, Wonder Woman. Right. The right. original one was good. So the, this guy is, is really good. Um, what's his name here? The critical, the critical drinker. Here he is. All right. Now um, let's uh, let's segue back to uh, to this sad guy, Paul Biden. This poor right? old man. And but uh, you know what I'm noticing here is that there there's a slight turn maybe maybe this but i don't like james Corden. i think the previous guy the um um i forget his name now the scottish guy do you remember craig ferguson craig ferguson i he was love amazing. craig ferguson that guy he, was hilarious he was amazing compared to this guy that's yeah. i mean i mean this guy is a better actor than craig ferguson he, maybe he should stay in, in movies <laughs> But anyway, it, it, the tide is turning. This is their official channel. And uh, right, it is the official channel. And it says the State of the Union was and is awkward. Let's see what he says here. 41% of viewers had a very positive reaction to Biden's speech, which is the lowest in roughly 15 years. 41% said they were very positive. The other 59% said, whew, yeah, thank God he got through it. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, they're starting to burn on him a little bit. And, uh, you know, he has two years left. <laughs> so this is really... Okay, I'll just let it play. Go ahead and play, and then okay. I'll say what I think afterwards. At one point in his speech, Biden spoke about the resolve of the Ukrainian people, but he appeared to say something else. Putin may circle Kiev with tanks but it'll never gain the hearts and souls of the Iranian people. Oh, classic Biden. Say oh. it wrong, say it strong. <laughs> <laughs> don't, even, don't even correct yourself. Don't even correct yourself. Wow, through it. Done. <laughs> then Biden was like, listen, I'm, I'm a big picture guy. You know, I don't want to get caught in the minor details of this war, like, you know, which countries are fighting. <laughs> At another point in the speech, Senate Majority Leader Chuck Schumer got confused about whether he was supposed to stand yeah, or not. this was so sad. Rescue plan. The American Rescue Plan helped working people and left no one behind. Oh, my God. <laughs> Well, in his defense, uh, uh, in defense of Chuck, which I never do, is like he was he was anticipating, and after that, they they did stand up. He, yeah, but like it's almost one of those things where like they were like, "Listen, when you hear these words, stand up and clap." Like, so he was like, "Oh, he said the first part, but he didn't finish." Wait, okay, there it is, and then he stands up, and I'm like, I don't know. <laughs> right, and and. It's like every every comedian you have. Um, so you have James Corden and you have Jimmy Fallon and Jimmy Kimmel. And I think um, the O'Brien guy, what's his? Conan um, O'Brien. Conan O'Brien. I think that's probably, he's probably the least political. And, uh, but all the rest, like uh, James Oliver. Oh, man. That guy yeah, just so bad. I'm sorry that they exported him out of UK. I'm sorry on UK's behalf. It's just <laughs> that guy is just horrendous. Like uh, I don't even want to play him. It just like makes me cringe. 
Yeah, it's pretty bad. I will say a lot of these comedians are now kind of like turning on Biden, but even right. people in the news media are, but I'm like, okay, I know why this is happening. Um, I don't know if you remember from the last time that we talked, we talked about Joe Biden just needing to get it through two years as president because okay, Kamala right, Harris right. could take over and then she could run for two years. And so I think they're kind of getting to that point um, where they're like, okay, uh, we're almost at that two-year mark. We're getting there. We're trucking along. So we kind of like need to let people know we're, you know, here's little things, drop little hints that maybe something's oh, wrong with them. You think that's what's it's happening? It's time for him to go. Oh yeah, I definitely think that's happening. And it might actually happen a little bit before two years. And I only say that because Joe Biden's son is actually getting in trouble for a bunch of stuff now. He's under mm. investigation by our law enforcement officials, federal law enforcement officials. And a lot of it is tied to Joe Biden. And I think they're anticipating that after the midterms, the Republicans may actually go ahead and impeach him or he'll be removed using the 25th Amendment. So, of course, they're coming out just to save their own reputa reputations by reporting on the things that he's doing wrong, how terrible things are. Uh, and of course, these guys, you know, they got a joke about it. So we know, you know, he's a goof, you know. Right. And, and but it's not just that. It's like, um, I mean, maybe they're they're saving their themselves a little bit. But I saw even in basketball, there was this weird thing where Kyrie Irving didn't play half a season. And now now he <laughs> and, and so the, the South African comedian. Sorry, I, I don't know their names. Uh, Trevor, but he, Trevor Noah. Trevor Noah. He made fun of this because. Kyrie Irving was able to go to the arena and watch the game, but he wasn't able to play the game in New York because yeah. New York bands um, performers, I guess they have to be vaccinated in order to perform. But if you, if you want to attend, you're fine not being vaccinated. What? Yeah. The rules make no sense. They make no sense at all. And, and even they are uh, getting wise to it too. So it's only a matter of time before all this collapses, I think. Yeah, I mean, I hope so, because it's good that people are seeing it. But my question would be, why are you now making sure people see it? Like, why are you saying something now when the exact same thing that applies now applied when this started in 2020? But now you want to say something about it and think about all of those people who were censored. They were removed. They were fired from their jobs for saying this stuff or not getting vaccinated and they're all gone now, but now it's okay to, you know, tell people about it, but they were right in 2020, but now they're all gone. You can't hear their voices at all. It's well, just kind of sad. Yeah. It's the path of least resistance. It wasn't okay then, but it's, it's become okay now, which I guess is progress. It's become okay to talk about this, but I, th I think, yeah, society has a long way to go to, um, to, I mean, I could easily see like the, the Nazi, how the Nazi Germany thing happens because people self-censor people, there's a conformity group thing, all of that. And, and you're afraid to speak out because you might just disappear one day and or lose your income, which is scary. Yeah, um, there was this meme that was going around and it said it was this guy looking into the mirror and it was like, if you ever wondered how the Nazis did what they did, look in the mirror. 
And it was like, yeah, you just, you're forcing people to get vaccines. You're talking about you, doctors don't need to treat these people. If they didn't get vaccinated, they are not giving people heart transplants or kidney transplants if they didn't get the vaccine. I mean, we can see exactly how the Nazis got to the point where they were at. It's sad, truly sad. Um, yeah, so let's play just a little bit more of this because I, I don't I don't think I can take more. <laughs> See? That's why you have to show up to rehearsal. <laughs> I don't know why he didn't just ride it out. I don't know why he went back down. This was the problem. He stopped here. He stopped here and you can't. You've got to be like, I'm up now. That's what Biden did. I just said Iranian. I know I said Iranian. I'm plowing through. He should have just gone. But you know, you know what though, James Corden, when 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 Biden got in, he was just probably like, Oh, this is a happy day. This is this, this, that. So I yeah, like you said, I I don't have much respect for this man. Um let's see, another unfortunate guy who uh He's actually kind of religious, and but he's also very popular, but I really don't like him. And uh, yeah, so this is the official channel of the, the Late Show with Stephen Colbert. And uh, this is a recent thing, because they're now trying to plow through another, well, I guess they have the votes for a Supreme Court nominee, which, which is so much for um, equality, they knew she had to be a woman and they also narrowed it down to a black woman and they found their candidate now and this is them talking about it uh biden tonight in the state of the union he praised kadanji brown jackson um there are you know 50 democratic senators kamala harris is the 51st vote do you think she will go through or will some of the senators go i don't know am i really a democrat well i hope she uh, will go through, and I will do everything I can to make that happen. Uh, I think we need people on the Supreme Court, and she is, I think, will be one of those people who understands that we need the law to work for ordinary people and not just powerful corporate interests. So, This is such a standard cringe line, meaning that I will interpret the Constitution any way that I want to. Yeah. Um, so I actually, I write for a, I'm like a, a writer for a political organization. It's called Purple Pill. They have an app online. Mm -hmm. um, I actually had to write about Biden's choice of Supreme Court nominee. Um, literally just like 10 years ago, it would have been unheard of for him to be like, oh, it's going to be a black woman. That's the only pool of people that I'm choosing for uh, that's it. That's all we want. That's not something that we do here in America because, you know, we're all about equality and everything being fair. I mean, we actually have laws on the books so that when you're hiring people, you can't choose like their sex or their race or their religion as reasons to disqualify them for a job position. So for him to come out and say that it was just like a slap in the face. But moreover, Bernie Sanders is basically just saying we need someone who looks like her that thinks like us. That's what he's saying. And uh, I mean, it's just not fair because as you can see, the way they think does not actually represent most people in America. And I think that's what we're going to find out. This woman, she is basically a Marxist light. 
I don't even know if it's light. She's just a Marxist. She thinks the constitution is a racist document. I mean, and that's as a judge, that's what you're supposed to use to judge any case that comes before you as a Supreme Court justice. So we'll see what happens. Wow. She's like, she's like the opposite of Clarence Thomas then. She's the exact opposite of Clarence Thomas. Wow. You know, that's my only gripe with Trump that he, he appointed three judges that, that were not, I think I told you this before, that were not, that were not really as conservative as Clarence Thomas. I wanted three other like like uh, strong uh, constitutional as Clarence Thomas, whatever they may look like, just as they, because like all three of them threw him under the bus uh, when the Texas Texas lawsuit came through, with, and with eighteen other states joining on it, and uh, yeah, that was just so sad. Yeah, I mean, a lot of what's going on now is because of Trump not putting in the people that he needed to not choosing the proper people to run certain things and not just stopping stuff when he had the power to. So, I mean, I have a lot of gripes with them, but it is what it is. The Supreme Court is what it is going to be now. And we'll see what happens. I mean, okay, since we're talking about Trump, what, what, what kind of grade would you give him on, on his um, uh, presidency? Um, so in hindsight, looking back now, I would probably give him a C plus. Okay. I'd probably give him a B plus because just because of the, um, yeah, mostly because of the judges. I think the judges, the three, uh, I don't know. I don't know what else he could have done better because the media was so, uh, you know, against them. That's true, but I think probably the biggest thing, and this is almost why I would give him a D, almost an F for this, but I will go with the C plus, um, what happened with COVID, because he was not strong enough and allowed them to do the things that they did. It was okay across the world for everyone to take people's rights away, to take their freedoms away. And here in America, we have a constitution. They literally suspended people's rights. And this is stuff that the communists and the socialists have wanted for, I mean, decades. And they were never able to get anywhere close. And under his watch, it happened. So it's like, mm. I mean, I kind of have to blame you for that. Yeah, you're right. Actually, now that you think about it, that I think about it with that context, yes, I would. Because uh, I, I, I had the... Uh, uh, problems with it early on i saw uh, you know back in march of 2020 but uh, yet i still somehow thought that, that trump was trying to do the right thing but now looking back i guess yeah he he overreached he overreached he, t- he took uh he took uh people's liberties away where it was not necessary and you know when you have the fear machine of the media and also politics in conjunction then more people uh, are afraid and more people potentially die because of it. So, and then also he was pro vaccine, you know, he, I mean, he's like a vaccine salesman. Like he was on front street telling everybody, go get your vaccines, get 12 vaccines, as many as you want, drink them all. That's what Trump was doing. Uh, it's 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 cringe now looking back (laughs) i mean he just now stopped 
promoting right. him because every time he would promote him, he got booed. And I'm yes, like, you deserve yes. that because all of that, think of all of these people who got fired from their jobs because they wouldn't get a vaccine and you're still out here telling people to go you, get their vaccine. You can't, you can't be thrown under the bus your own people. Though Those no. are your best supporters. Yeah. Ah, anyway, let's see if they have anything else remotely intelligent to say. I will pressure on him to go in other directions, but I think he made the right pick and I strongly support him. All right. That's the, okay. That's whatever. (laughs) (laughs) There's nothing more coming from these two. I mean, this guy is just, oh man, is, and then that's probably the the one other than Oliver, the Oliver guy, this guy, as far as the American guys, this guy bothers me the most. He's yeah, so um, far left, this guy. Like the Colbert the character stayed is, with is, him. I don't even know if it's so much that he's far left. I think they just kind of give him a list of stuff to say. He's making money, so he just says whatever they tell him. Because some of the stuff is so is disingenuous and it's so ridiculous. Like gas prices are seven dollars a gallon here in America. Whereas under Trump, I think at the most I paid maybe two twenty-five, right? So this guy's in office now, and then now he's out here and he's like, well, I would pay $15 a gallon for gas because I drive a Tesla, a $41,000 car. If I can't afford $7 gas, what what is a $41,000 Tesla going to do for me? And he just cracks jokes about it. Like, it's so funny. And it's just like, Mm. yeah, ha, 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 you peons, you don't have an electric car. And I'm like, do you know what actually gets the electric to your house? It's like, do you know about all of these fossil fuels and the people who make sure the electric is sent to you? It's all of these people that you're making fun of underneath you for not having that electric Tesla. It's just, it's ridiculous. I don't even yeah. know if these people actually believe this stuff. I mean, I, th- I think he, in a large part, I think he's a true believer, but I, I don't know. Because, like, John Stewart, he, he seems more of a free thinker. He had him on, and he had a, like, yeah, that was interesting. Like, that, that John Stewart was saying that the the, uh, the virus comes from Wuhan, China, and all that. Yeah. And, and that made Colbert uncomfortable and all that. Like, Colbert is such a, wow. Um, well, see, this is why I think it made him uncomfortable. Because it's something you're not allowed to say. And that's the thing. Because Colbert is very well aware of this cancel culture. He doesn't want the wrong thing to come out. And just think if he didn't push back enough against Jon Stewart, they'd be like, oh, do you believe him? Are you one of those people too now? Like he has to protect his money and his brand. So he's going to go along with whatever they want. (laughs) That reminds me of Fallon when he had had Trump on. And then he apologized six months after. Oh, I, you know, sorry, I had Trump on. (laughs) It was because they were like, you made him seem like a human. I'm like, what am I supposed to do? If the guy comes on the show, I'm supposed to talk to him. Well, people, let me break it down to you. Trump is human, very much so. (laughs) All right, well, tell me one good quality about this man here. (laughs) He used to be extremely funny. Okay. (laughs) I think... I think the one the, the thing that he did with um the, the funniest thing he ever did was uh what Bill was O'Reilly, this? yeah. When when he was used to be funny, like this was uh the number one show I love it. Cable news, the O'Reilly <laughs> Look at that. Okay. Hey, 
I'm Bill O'Reilly in the Culture War segment tonight, the Colbert Report on Comedy Central. It's a very successful program. Wow. That owes everything to me. <laughs> yeah. When Colbert tries to convince Americans that he is me. This show is not about me. <laughs> no, this program is dedicated to you, the heroes. And who are the heroes? The people who watch this show. <laughs> hard-working Americans. You're not the elites. You're not the country club crowd. Now, who does that remind you of with this? He was totally in character. But I think also Colbert's show was in some small way also the, the downfall of, of, of America because he was, he was undermining a lot of good things about America in, in, a, in a kind of very seductive way. And I think people especially young people get indoctrinated with it very easily. Whereas he made, especially after he left Colbert, I mean, the show, he, he obviously disavowed O'Reilly and, and, you know, would never have him on again. I think he only had him on once, perhaps. So I actually think it was Jon Stewart on The Daily Show. And the only reason why I say that is because he was the first one to kind of take that model oh, of... Yeah politics and comedy yeah. just to kind of ridicule the people he didn't quite agree with um even though he took like more you know moderate kind of stances on things it basically made it paved the way for people like Colbert to do this that's um, right and that kind of just to me that was where all of this started where it kind of poisoned that political like field for everybody yeah yeah that's true and uh but you know, back this is a this is the kind of uh, O'Reilly in his prime. This is like probably two thousand seven all that. So it was quite. Uh... Now is Stephen Colbert. Bill, thank you for having me on. This is an amazing honor. I want you to know <laughs> that I spend so much time in the world that is spinning all the time that to be in the no spin zone actually gives me vertigo. Okay, are you ready oh for God. the interview? I'm ready for anything. Okay, my life ready. is an open book. All I've right. been waiting my whole life for this, sir. Okay. I'm here at the heart of O'Reilly-dom right now. This is the Holy of Holies. Hit it. Oh I'd love to be gosh. nailed. Colbert. Oh a French name, is it not? It's a... All right, all right. Um, yeah, it's, it's, it's quite funny. He, he used to be funny, but yeah, John Stewart did start all of it. But funny enough, now, because maybe he's not working anymore. He's not as, as far left. Maybe that's, that's a good point because he was... He, but I think he started working again. He has a new show. I think he started maybe a few months ago. I'm, I'm not sure. Yeah, um, so he did just start doing something here recently. I think it is like a new show or something. But I think him being out of like the public eye in the kind of role that Stephen Colbert is in right now, I think it kind of helped him keep a grasp on reality. Right. And I think a lot of these people, they kind of live in a bubble. So maybe they're not actually seeing what's going on. Whereas you get a Colbert, Colbert for a while there, he probably could have just like walked into any random Starbucks and people might not have actually noticed or recognized who he was. So he was like out there with regular people. And so he wasn't attached to all of this crazy stuff. So when he comes in and starts talking about Wuhan and the coronavirus, he's like, I don't understand why everybody's freaking out about this. Right, right, right. Yeah, he was out, uh, and Colbert is very much, you know, has meetings with producers every day, and you're like, oh, you can't say this, can't say this, so it kind of seeps into the brain, perhaps, yeah.
you have different incentives of uh, yeah. position you are in i guess but also i think he's he doesn't have um even though he's catholic he doesn't have that uh, that strong strong spine the moral spine that uh I think that's O'Reilly a lot of has. Catholics here in America. Um, but I he think, is the average Catholic in America, honestly. But O'Reilly has a lot more because O'Reilly used to like he used to be very much. Um, but he did have support of his producers. But he'd go after people that would like. He was very good at um, interviewing the the bad guy. Like he had one time, he had Barney Frank on, and Barney was BSing on something, and and. <laughs> Uh, this was back in 2008 or something and and uh and o'reilly just went off on him and, and started yelling <laughs> yes it was hell of entertaining very entertaining all right so now wow let's talk a little bit about kamala harris because i don't know you can't they can't fix this but she's uh she's a very unlikable character for some reason i think joe with all his flaws which are many He's not as unlikable as Kamala Harris. <laughs> is it something like morally wrong with her, or is it is it just like the way is she more corrupt in a way and more aware than than Biden, what she's doing? I really think um, people don't like Kamala Harris because she is disingenuous. Um, like, I know this sounds crazy, but even Hillary Clinton had her moments where it was like, okay, I believe what she's saying, but Kamala, there's none of those moments. And then when you finally hear her talk, you realize that she's an idiot. And then you're just more so upset that she's risen to this level of power. And you're like, my dog is smarter than this woman and she's fake. I mean, I think that's why a lot of, that was a little harsh. Maybe like my pony or something. You know, my two-year-old <laughs> is smarter than this woman. There you go. Uh, well, I wouldn't say she she's dumb. I think she has, uh, uh, I would say, she definitely has an IQ of 100. Uh, and, and she has uh, skills in manipulation and to rise where she is now. But she completely lacks wisdom. And as Jordan Peterson found out that uh, wisdom and intelligence are completely unrelated and i think it's quite possible that at this point her intelligence is higher than than joe's her iq is higher than joe's but she has uh, the least wisdom probably out of all the three here and she is for some reason she's very unlikable which which because uh, you know, with some people, you can kind of, they, they wear the emotions on their sleeve. And she's one of those people that you can just tell her disingenuous emotions right right at the surface. And that's just the way it is. <laughs> Have you listened to any of her speeches that she's given um, since she had been over in Europe, helping with the whole Ukrainian crisis and all of that? No. Uh, was it was it bad? Okay. Um, so... They're pretty terrible. Like, I mean, she she just in general, I think that's why no one likes her because it's just like, she doesn't know anything. And when you hear her speak, it feels like that. Like she, she'll laugh stuff off and it's like, can I get an answer? And she doesn't actually, or the answer that she gives, it's like Joe Biden. Like she's giving these Joe Biden answers in like a moment where you would expect her to like have something to add or 
actually be able to answer a question. And right. it's just, it's just very, very weird. Like she's just not, I, I don't know how she helps. And every time I see her speak, I actually do sit there and I wonder how this woman ended up. Union coverage with Bob right, President. right. Is she? Uh, it's very. Uh, but they. Tr- I, I. I noticed that the the PR is trying very hard, you know, to make make her appear likable, make her appear like you know she she's under control. And this is, I think, this is a uh, uh, the great uh, friend of Oprah Winfrey, which also has had her. She used to be. It's you, you know. People, people don't stay at the same level. You know, when talking about level of consciousness, I think Oprah yeah. went down somehow. I remember her statement that she wishes all the races just need to die. Yeah. Um, <laughs> honestly, a lot of people, I tell my mom this all the time. Um, so you got like all these big name athletes like Naomi Osaka. You got Simone Biles. Um, these people, when they get like that Marxist Black Lives Matter, it's like, hatred almost and that hatred like corrupts them and it corrupts them like all the way to their core because after Simone Biles she was like all in on the George Floyd and the Black Lives Matter and all that she goes to the Olympics has to step down from the Olympics because she just can't take the pressure and I'm just like what is wrong with you uh Naomi Osaka she is a black uh tennis player so she's this woman beat Serena Williams then she comes out and she has to like bow out because it's just too much pressure coming from the press and answering a few questions and I really think what it is is that kind of Marxist ideology creates like a hatred in you the hatred comes in and it destroys destroys you from your core and I think it makes the things that you are good at it makes you it brings you down in every area of your life that's what I think it does. So these people who are once at the top, you adopt this hatred and then you become less of what you used to be. Right. Because Marxism is a lie. So if you accept that lie, and it also affects people spiritually, I think, because, yeah. because and especially for people that are not religious in the first place. Um, and, and then it, it corrupts like uh, that guy uh, that made people drink Kool-Aid and and, and commit uh, mass suicide. He was Jim inspired. By, he, yeah, he was inspired by Marxism. Jim Jones, he was inspired by Marxism. But then he went to he went to the church route and then used the Marxism. Uh, oh, it's just so sick. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Let's see what they have to say here. Um, probably. All right. She interviews her. Okay. Kamala Harris. Madam Vice President, good morning. Good to see you this morning. Good morning. Good morning. Good to see you, Gail. Let's get right into the speech. It was a tale of two speeches last night. We had to start with foreign policy for obvious reasons because of what's going on in Ukraine. Ukrainian President Zelensky is asking the West for more support. And last night, President Biden said Putin has no idea what is coming. I realize you can't share with us administration secrets, but is there another card to play here? Well, first of all, I think the president did an outstanding job of articulating what is at stake. And what is at stake is that Ukraine is an independent nation, and we, as as the United States of America, will stand 
uh, for its sovereignty and its territorial integrity. The President outlined the extraordinary work that we have been doing with our allies to bring these nations together, in particular the European Union and our NATO allies, to stand in solidarity and support of Ukraine. In fact, just yesterday, um, most recently, I spoke with world leaders, including the Prime Ministers of Poland, of Latvia, Estonia, Lithuania, and Romania, talking about the work that we have done as the United States to bring people together on a variety of issues that relate to sanctions, which are some of the most severe that we've ever seen, but also the work that we are doing to remain committed to a unified response to what is happening in terms of Russia's aggression. Um, yeah, I, I, she says a lot, but doesn't say much. Right. So she didn't even answer the question. And it was just kind of like a word vomit. Like some of this was pre-prepared. So I'm just going to pull from the pre-prepared stuff that I had and make an amalgamation of an answer. And that's what she did. The question was, is there another step forward? You didn't get an answer about there being another step forward. I mean, and also the, the sanctions that she talked about, they're not, they're not going to deter Putin. Like the only sanctions would be there if they throw a rocket to their military but then when that would maybe uh, spark a war. So um, if I know, all I know is this, if there was Trump, he wouldn't do this. Like he took, no. he took part of uh, Ukraine already on during Obama's uh, reign because Obama was very weak, leading from behind the infamous uh, Obama, you know, uh, philosophy about the world uh, <laughs> leading from behind. <laughs> yeah. What a, what a goof. Um and now, uh, just Biden. Uh, I don't know which one is worse, Biden or Harris. I think I think Harris might have been a might be a bigger disaster if she comes in. Yeah, I'm actually. That's what's been worrying me a lot. Is the more I see of her, the more I'm worried that she might not do any better than Joe Biden. Um, and it could it could be worse. I was I think it was before the last election I was listening to Thomas Sowell and he said that if Kamala Harris and Joe Biden actually get in office it might actually we might hit the point of no return because he even talked about Biden versus Hillary he was like at least Hillary Clinton was smart he was like Joe Biden doesn't have the intellectual capacity to run this country and uh he was like in Kamala Harris he was like she doesn't he was basically like the things that they support are not things that you could keep a country on. And right. now we're watching this and I'm like, yeah, he was probably right about everything that he said. I, I missed the columns by Thomas Sowell since he, he retired and he hasn't, uh, well, since he retired, actually he unretired a few times to, to write just a few columns, but mm -hmm. I don't think he's written much more. And, uh, yeah, he would, you know, um, Dr. Hawkins uh, spoke about him and apparently he was his, uh, he, he was Hawkins' favorite uh, columnist and he, he, on his, um, I, he's not nowhere in the books, but he did calibrate him, he said in a lecture at 480, which means mm -hmm. that he had, um, he, he was like intellectually, um, I mean, he had a high intellect, but he was one of those people that had, even higher wisdom. So uh, mm -hmm. Thomas Sowell is very rare breed that he had both in high quantity, you know? Yeah, it, it's sad because I think about Thomas Sowell and I'm like, 
people who are like him would never end up running our country. One, because they're too honest and two, because they're not idiots. So they would never want to do that. Because I think about him, I'm like, man, why didn't he like, at any point, this guy with his intelligence, with his wisdom, his knowledge, his knowledge of the economy. I mean, he could have like changed so much, but it's like, he's not dumb. So he knew. for those who don't know Thomas Sowell, just just to get a sense of the guy. Uh, oh wow! I think I watched this one time. This is a cool video. Yeah. <laughs> All his compilations. Um, but I love this interview that he did with uh, this guy Peter. All the time, and it happened just this week. A young person I'd never met introduced himself to me, and said that when he saw our guest today. On an earlier episode of this program, he felt he was seeing a man who knew how to think. I love that. Here we go. Easiest, fastest way was with a subway, which was a nickel in those days. When I was feeling flush, I might go for a bus uh, for a dime. And then when I was really getting reckless, I I would take the (laughs) Fifth Avenue bus, which was the elite of the buses. (laughs) <laughs> uh, it was 15 cents, and so I would walk over to Fifth Avenue, take that bus, and it would take me up uh, through all the glamorous parts of Fifth Avenue, past the Empire State Building, uh, past the great uh, stores and things of that sort. Uh, and then on 57th Street, it would turn, and, and, and it was, this is was just the, the elite part of town. Sure, the right there part. where the park starts. Yes, and then and you'd fi- fi- no, the park starts at 59th. Oh, sorry. 57th, I would turn over, again, the same kind of scene, past Carnegie Hall, right. uh, up Columbus Circle, there was no Trump Tower at that time, and uh, on up to about 72nd Street, and go out to, Fifth Avenue, out to the Riverside Drive, which is another elite area, so for miles after that, you'd have all these wonderful luxury apartment buildings and so on. And finally, around 129th or 30th Street, uh, it would go on a long viaduct, and then he would do a, a right turn back into the occupied area, and there you'd see the tenements. And I would wonder, why is this? I mean, why, why, why this huge disparity? And there was nobody else. There was no other other explanation around. There, there was nothing. There was nothing there other than Marxism. Right. So this is when back, back he was uh, still still Marxist, and uh, yeah, I find it fascinating. People. I think people that used to be Marxist are usually the best at, at uh, uh, poking holes at Marxism because they understand it uh, much better than the other ways. And, and actually, I've had a lot of problems because I've never, when I've debated people that were Marxist because I had never really read much. So maybe there is some... Uh, if I ever have time to, because there's a Marx read quite big books, so yeah, <laughs> you know, did did you read any or I, I um, mean so I read the short one. The, I read the Communist Manifesto. Right, um, that's too. the main one that I read, and I will I'll go on and I'll listen to different portions of other books, but they wrote a lot, and I'm not gonna lie, intellectually I am not as smart as those people from back in the day. <laughs> So it takes me a few times when I'm reading it, I'll have to like read the page like twice to make sure I understood what I just read. Um, But they definitely, the way they understood stuff and how just the words, like sometimes I'll have to stop 
just the look of the words that they write. So um, it takes me a second, but I will every once in a while, I'll look through some of it if I'm looking for a certain thing. But you know, you're, you're smarter than AOC yet. So I think you definitely qualify <laughs> to run. <laughs> I hope right, I'm yeah. smarter than her. I don't know. <laughs> Well, well, the thing is, is well, she has uh, AOC has an okay intellect, but her wisdom is down in the minus. So that's that's the main yeah. problem. Yeah. Yeah. Um, let me see here. Just okay. I w I just wanted to play this part bit here. One way to fight inflation is to drive down wages and make Americans poor. I think I have a better idea to fight inflation. <laughs> Lower your costs, not your wages. <laughs> Lower your costs and not your wages. And then later on, he says, you know, raise the minimum wage to $15 per hour. He does not realizing what this is going to do. This is just going to raise all the costs and the prices for everybody. So you're not going to achieve anything. Yeah, I think it's very silly. silly. Um, this is that Marxist thinking, that unicorn ideology is what I call it. You've got like this <laughs> utopia in mind that this world actually is. And that's not how it works. And so a lot of the Democrats are now blaming the companies for the prices that we're experiencing. But it's not the companies that make the policy that is causing the prices to go up. It's the government that make those policies. Um, like he's talking about the gas companies uh, right now when you're going to the pump. And I mentioned that we're paying like $7 per gallon in California for gas. Right. It's because of the policies that they put in place. And now he's saying, well, the companies are now gouging the people. No, production costs from top to bottom have gone up. So you have to make some profit because you want the business to keep going and you also want them to be paying taxes to the federal government. And so it's like, what do you want them to do? Just not charge anything for gas? Like right. it makes no sense, like all around. I'm just, these people. And man, it was him. And it was yeah. him through executive orders that stopped uh, a lot of the yeah. production of gas and the offshore yeah. drilling and fracking that he was against. And then flip-flop many times during the um, the presidential run. And it's him that, that stopped all this. Uh, and because uh, America has a lot more sources that, it, that he's not willing to use. And obviously there's the, the pipeline that also Trudeau, I think, is, is blocking now as well. And now you have... Well, Biden doesn't want it either anymore. So, yeah, um, I, I will say I think they are going ahead with the leases that they suspended for a while because people are just going so hard about the gas prices right yeah. now. So I think uh, they are actually going to start approving some more of those leases on federal lands so that the companies can go in and get more oil, more natural gas. Um, we'll see what happens with that. I just don't even know. Right, right. It's just, it's a curious time in, in human history. And, and I hope, uh, and I hope this is not the downfall of Western civilization, because as Tom says, a lot of times, like, I hope we're not, we're not at the point of no return, you know, and, you know, when Trump was president, another mistake he did, I think, was he didn't give Thomas Sowell the, the presidential medal of freedom that Thomas Sowell the respect that he does deserve and he's still alive he's like 90 92 years 91 years old now yeah. but i think he does his i think he is a national american treasure for sure yeah he definitely is um i don't know that they're 
are very many minds like his that I have set and actually read and learned from and where he, because some of them, they're so highfalutin and it takes you a second to understand it. But this guy was very like down to earth. Like he could sit here and talk to me and I could understand what he was saying. And I think that, that a lot of the intellectuals, you don't get those people like that where they can connect with those who are not as, you know, on that level. Yeah, I think that's a, that's a hallmark of a genius that he's able to break down complicated uh, concepts into uh, uh, layman terms. So they, it, like he wrote basic economics without any graphs or anything like that, just plain English. Yeah, yeah. And by the way, that I had to use that when I was uh, getting when I was in school for my master's degree at the time. That was actually one of my curriculum books, biggest basic economics. So yeah, I mean that book was amazing. I mean that's pretty lucky that you had uh, that you had that as uh, yeah I was lucky <laughs> yeah cool wow I think we ran we ran longer than I anticipated that's amazing oh, oh sorry about that <laughs> no 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 it's cool this is this is very good um I, I one of the other people I wanted to mention is um that have high intellect and high wisdom I think is Jordan Peterson which I think he is influencing Western world in a tremendously, tremendously positive way. Um, I think he is. I have my gripes with Jordan Peterson, but uh, he, I get what yes. you're saying. He yeah. he did he infamously like uh demanded Kavanaugh when he when he comes in to resign. And I think it's, he has moments when he's like, what, what is this guy doing? But I think I overall, almost wonder if it's because he's so naive sometimes. It seems like he thinks the world is different than what it actually is. Because he was even talking about the vaccines and the lockdowns and stuff. He was like, well, we, if we just comply now, just do it now, this all go away. And he, um, he put out a video and he was like, well, joke was on me. That's not what happened. But I think it's almost like a weird naivety that he has sometimes. It's very odd. Well, I've seen some theories recently where people um, that are really red-pilled are, are really, um, with the Ukraine thing, they're like, oh, this is another um, one of those things where actually the Ukraine is a bad guy and all that. But then this, some of the same people are also like into 9-11 truth and, you know, building seven and all that. So, I, I, you know, it's all very confusing. Like, you know, this this all th is overlapping. Like, what is conspiracy? What is not? Um, I think that is actually a, who was it? Yuri Bezmenov was this defector from Russia back in the day. And he said, basically, the point is to demoralize you so much that you can watch something happen in front of you and still say, well, that's not what happened. And I think everybody's just so demoralized Ooh. from everything that's happening that we just, it's like your brain can't completely comprehend anything fully anymore. Is that the, the ex... KGB guy that's talking yes. about subversion. Yuri Bezmenov. Yep. Uh, so I don't think I've seen the whole thing, but uh, I think he does provide a very interesting uh, overview of this. Let me let me just okay. This will be the last thing. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Let me because I want to. So, is this this is the guy right? yeah that's him with the glasses overnight into a, a deadly enemy and it was very shocking because uh, all newspapers 
were trying to present an image of belligerent, aggressive American imperialism. Most of the things that we were taught is that the United States is aggressive power, which is just about to invade our beautiful free socialist country. <laughs> A free socialist country. <laughs> A wow. free socialist. I mean, this is the same. If you imagine growing up in North Korea, what the, the yeah. kind of stuff they're teaching there. Meanwhile, you know, the people are starving to death and they're saying, yeah. oh, the, you know, our beautiful leader has provided so many things that you wouldn't have otherwise because America is not this still a lie, you know? Yeah. It's a total lie. America is not against you. Um, but yes. Um, any, any, um, do you think uh, do you think things are going to turn around? Do you think the Western world is not at the point of no return? I think the Western world is stupid. And I think all of these ideas that we have like collected are ruining all of us. And I think the only way things turn around is if people go back to, okay, we have a black and a white, a right and a wrong. There's a yes and there's a no. And we got to get back to basics or else I think we will just completely fall over the cliff. Right. There's a thing that like critical race theory, cultural Marxism, all forms of Marxism. I think those three things just somehow need to be exposed. And uh, maybe it'll take a while. Maybe, maybe it won't be because like... Uh, I, uh, as far as I remember, Yuri talking about it, like he, he was talking about in the 80s that the, the subversion is almost complete, basically. But now it's gotten so much worse. So it will take it will take a, a generation or two to if for now we, we correct the course, but we're still sliding downwards like US and UK and like, uh, you know, the whole Black, Li Black Lives Matter thing, the movement uh, has impacted UK a lot as well, as well as Australia, uh, Canada, um, and some Southern American countries as well. So it's like uh, the only place that hasn't affected much is Africa, because I guess it's mostly Black. <laughs> well, also, I think for them, if you're in their country, the people doing the bad stuff to you are black. So of course there would be no black lives matter there. Cause they're like, well, well, I mean, yeah, we all look the same. It's not really a racism issue, you know? I mean, what are you going to do? The lights versus the darks? Like, I don't know. Yeah. The light skins, uh, get rid of them. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you know, they, in Zimbabwe, like Thomas Sowell wrote about this, that in 2005, they got rid of all the white farmers in Zimbabwe mm -hmm. and their economy collapsed after that. <laughs> so, yeah, it collapsed because nobody knew how to run the stuff there. It, yeah. it was so sad. I'm just like, why would you do that? Like, you didn't have farmers. You didn't have anybody that could run that stuff. And the crazy thing was, is they were recently starting to do that exact same thing in South Africa, which is crazy because they're in the same like area. And you'd think you'd learn a lesson from watching it happen somewhere else. And it just, it didn't click that this is probably not what we should do. Yeah, they didn't learn. They didn't learn. Ah, uh, yes. So uh, all we can do is pray, I guess. Yeah, that's that's all we can do. And yeah. 
if if Hawking's work is right, then then one person that at a high level, it kind of like in 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 you know in Christianity where it's like if you put a lamp on high and it has a lot of light, it's it lights up a lot of the darkness that's out there. So that's that's the hope. That's the only hope I think. The people are as good as it's. Uh, the country is as good as its people. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah. Uh, yeah, I think I think the interest in Jordan Peterson, even though he has his his downside, I think I think that's encouraging to me, in some small way that perhaps we're not all going down the tubes. Well, I think too. Um, we're starting to get a lot of the boomers to kind of they're getting to the point where I think everybody's kind of had their, their, I guess their fill of the boomers and that we're all just ready for them to kind of step down. They need to go retire and go live out the rest of their lives somewhere peacefully. And I think probably once that happens, it'll open up so that there's more people like maybe me or you that can kind of step up and take more leadership roles or more, uh, you know, leadership positions and that might help change things. Um, I just know, like, I've, like, had it up to here with all of these boomers. I mean, Vladimir Putin <laughs> is a boomer. George, uh, not George. Yeah, George Bush uh, Jr. is a uh, a boomer. Like, there's so many of these boomers everywhere. Joe Biden's one. My grandma's one. Like, and there's so many of them. And I'm just like, you guys need to go sit down somewhere and just stop. And I think once that finally happens, other people with other ideas can kind of filter into those spots and we can finally change some of the stuff that's going on right now. Well, there will still be some boomers around for, for quite a while, I think. I'm ready and, for them to go, though. I'm done with them. And so you're not a big fan of Trump coming back and running for 2024? So... <laughs> If my choice is Trump or Biden, of course I'm going to choose Trump. I would prefer not to choose either of them. I don't hate Trump, and I do thank him for a lot of things he did. I think a lot of people wouldn't be as skeptical about the media and what our government's doing without him. So I do appreciate him for that. But I just, I think it's time for him to retire right off into the sunset, friend. You know, it was an injustice. We all know it was an injustice. Just take the win and go. Like, not even trying to be mean about it, but they need to have like an age limit on president at this point because it's just getting, it's getting to be too much. Well, but he, he's four years younger than Biden though. So he would be as old as Biden when he would start, I think. Exactly. But how right. old is Biden now? <laughs> Biden is freaking old. That dude, I mean, they're probably like holding him together with duct tape at this point. It's just time to he, like 79 or something or eight. It's time to move on. Right. <laughs> I but yeah, because because he can't handle uh much. It's a hard job to do past the year eight years old, I guess. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, that was that wasn't the optimist optimism that I was looking for, but I oh, you know, sorry. <laughs> it's it's tough. I mean, if it's for me, if it's Trump versus anybody else for for the next election, obviously, it's a no brainer. But because I think Trump Trump is is still very electable and is still a lot of fan, you know fan base. So I think just based on that, 
Uh, and I think maybe he, the thing is about, because it doesn't seem like he's doing much. He's like doing a lot of resting, probably a lot of reading, like, and, and kind of in his mind preparing. So, and, and the experience he's had, I think maybe he's maybe even wised up in some areas, uh, like the, the vaccines and stuff. So uh, it kind of reminds me of, of Reagan. He had four years between when he was governor. Well, no, his unsuccessful run of first run versus the second run. He had four years when he was on radio and stuff like that. And it seems like Trump is doing speeches here and there, but he's mostly doing a lot of thinking probably and watching. And that's good for growth. I hope I that's the case. Yeah, I really hope that's the case. Um, if he does get in, I would like him to do well. And I would like him to put in people that are good for the country in certain positions. Because before he didn't get to do that. And yeah. it really just like, it was like, there was never actually a transition in government. We never actually got to see him do what he has set out to do. And I don't even know if that's possible. And so I just really hope you're right. And if he is going to run again, that he is learning, he's getting wise, um, he's looking for the right people to put in and all of that good stuff. But you know what the election was stolen, though. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was fortified um, and the proper outcome for the fortification happened. <laughs> it was fortified? It was fortified. That was what they said. They fortified the election. They fortified with fraud. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it was fortified. That's all I can say. And fortified means it was just a strong election. And what they wanted is what happened. All right. All right. You're willing to see. I'm not 100% sure if it was fraud, but it seems, I don't know, man. It's just, anyway, here, another, uh, it's very good to have you on. Danielle, for the fourth time, I really much, very much enjoyed it. Yeah, it was a pleasure. Thank you so much for having me again. Thank you for being on and thank you everybody for listening and watching the podcast.